Before we get to today's picks of the ultimate mock draft, you should know that this mock draft was completed before the Dallas Mavericks trade of the 26th pick for Christian Wood with the Houston Rockets. The Mavs may or may not have made a trade today that I personally think was pretty good, but it affects the rest of the mock draft. For more on the Christian Wood trade and what the Rockets will do with the 26th pick, you can check out the Lockdown Rockets and Mavericks podcasts. The pick is in at number one. The big wild card. Great instincts. Quick high release point. Best player available. Create for others. One of the best shot blockers. Seven five wingspan. We have our first trade. I mean, he could end up going four. He could go five. Former Phoenix Suns general manager Ryan McDonough. But there's also a lot of talent, and in this draft, NBA champion Brian Scalabrini. I really like this pick. One of the future superstars. Raphael Barlow. Honestly, man, I'm I'm a Bancaro guy. And Richard Stamen. A flashy creator that can get to the rim. I, I want bucket getters. Welcome into day four of the 2022 Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft coverage presented by Odyssey. I'm your host, Kainani Stevens from Locked On Now. We have many players that have fallen to this point as we go through picks number 19 through 24. Oche Agbaji, among others, are players that are on the top of our mind as we look to who may be chosen at this selection in the draft. And of course, we have all of our Odyssey experts joining us, including NBA champion Brian Scalabrini, as well as our Locked On hosts making all of these mock draft picks and our Locked On college experts telling us exactly what you're going to be getting from this selection, adding onto your team, especially at this point where we don't know as many of these names as well, but there could be some high value picks at this point in the draft. I will be joined throughout this show by Raphael Barlow and Richard Stamen, both of Locked On NBA Big Board. Richard is all over social media, especially on Twitter, where he is Mavs Draft, weighing in throughout the year on potential selections. And Raphael Barlow has taken over for Chad Ford, the anointed. So he has a ton of insight to add as well as we go over every single selection. We begin day four of our ultimate draft show coverage, picks 19 through 24. Richard, we know who you think should have gone earlier. What team do you feel like he would fit best on if he goes today? Yeah, I like Oche Baji a lot. Still shocked he's there, but let's put him in Charlotte. I mean, they're a team that they lived and died by the three last year. New coach, a little bit different, but you can never have enough shooters around a great playmaking point guard like Lamella Ball. I love the fit there, and I hope he lasts that long. And maybe, maybe Minnesota passes up on him for someone else and continues the trend for Charlotte's game. Raphael, how do you feel about that? Obviously, we talked about. Agbaji, you know, coming in and playing a good role for a winning team, would he fit well on a team like Minnesota, or do you think he could fall down to Charlotte? Yeah, I think he'd fit with Minnesota. I mean, they already have their cornerstones in place, even though there is a little bit of similarities between Agbaji and Malik Beasley. But one thing I will say about Charlotte is they traded down, and some of the players that I thought would have been a good fit for them at 15 are still available. So smart move by general manager of the Charlotte Hornets. Got to give credit to Charlotte. They seem to be making all the right moves right now. We'll see what they do with that second selection at number 20. Uh, is there any other names? Obviously, we talked about Agbaji a lot, but is there anyone else, Richard, that you feel like could be a good pick here um, between 19 and 24? Yeah, I'm stunned Jalen Williams from Santa Clara is still there. He's somebody who I think he's a top 20 lock. We'll see if that ends up being true. 
But I think Jalen Williams should be the first pick of the day today. Raphael, who do you have your eye on? Either uh, a name that we need to keep our eye on or, or a pick that you think um, could get traded or, or just what are you looking at here with the, with the selections today? I have two. Ushman Jang. I think that he is the highest upside guy available. We're talking about a guy that's 6'10". Got off to a horrendous start in Australia. But I think he has, I mean, just loads of potential, can handle the ball has a promise as a shooter and multi-positional defender. So he is one of the names I expect to come off the boards early. And then there's Blake Wesley. I am high on Blake Wesley. I think that he is someone that has lottery talent and just doesn't look like the teams agree with me. But I think when it's all said and done, he is going to give someone that drafts him lottery value. Richard, I'm looking here. I see the 76ers have a pick at 23. Obviously, they have a lot of stuff going on over there in Philly. It feels like they're they're always unhappy with something. What kind of, of player should they look at at that at that spot? Yeah, they should be getting a win now player who can who can just come right in, uh, best player available, and just come right in and play a role. Uh, some guys that come to mind. I mean, I I think of somebody like Jake or Arabia from Wake Forest. Uh, I think he could be in play here. He's just a great cutter, great off-ball player, can create a little bit on his own. I know Rafael got to see him work out in person, so I know he's pretty high on him too, but I would love that fit there. Rafael, as we see the Bucks are going to be at 24, the last pick of, of our fourth day of coverage, what kind of player? Do they take a flyer on somebody? Because obviously they're such a good roster when they're healthy. Who, who could they possibly get um, to add in and, and maybe – maybe high risk, high reward there. If I'm the Bucks, I'm just looking for someone that I think can come in and play some backup minutes. I think one of their areas of need is that point guard. And there's quite a few guys that I think are capable of cracking their rotation, whether it's Ty Ty Washington, whether it's Kennedy Chandler, maybe even someone like Wendell Moore. So I think the Bucks are in a good situation to where they already have their cornerstones. Now they're just looking for the right pieces. And I think there's plenty of complimentary role guys available at 24. The pick is in at 19. Ochai Agbaji is going to be going to Minnesota. Locked on T-Wolves host Ben Beacon has more on Agbaji adding on to this roster. Ben Beacon here from the Lockdown Wolves podcast. And with the 19th pick in the ultimate mock draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Ochai Obaji out of Kansas. The Timberwolves need more wing depth. They need more defenders. They need players that can shoot the three. And Ochai Obaji projects at, at the very least a three and D wing from day one at the NBA level. There's a lot to like about him. The way that this, this draft has unfolded, the ultimate mock draft has unfolded, is perfect for the Wolves. I actually had Obaji much higher on my mock draft. I think he's the perfect fit for Minnesota. He shot greater than 41% as a spot-up shooter this year from three. At Kansas, he has a quick release. He's great in transition. He's a good enough athlete. Um, and he shoots the ball very well off dribble handoff action, which is per perfect for the Timberwolves for head coach Chris Finch's ideal offense. He's smart. He's a good uh, cutter. He's fantastic on lobs. Um, and he's a very good defender, consistent everywhere. He's got upside to be more than a 3 and D player, perhaps the third or fourth best player on the Wolves moving forward and fits the windows of Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. If Ochai Obaji is on the board for the Wolves at 19, uh, in the draft, he is a fantastic fit. And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, former Phoenix Suns general manager, Ryan McDonough, for their analysis. 
With the 19th pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves draft Ochai Agbaji. The wing out of Kansas, Agbaji was the most outstanding player in the Final Four as Kansas won the national title this past season. He has a little bit of rarity in the draft now in that he is a four-year college player. He tested the draft process last year but withdrew and played for the Jayhawks as a senior. Obviously, he and Kansas had a fantastic year, which culminated in a national title. Now, this kid brings to Minnesota. He's a powerful wing. He uses his strength and athleticism. He finishes at or above the rim. Kansas would throw him baseline lobs off of cuts, and he'd finish those well above the rim. He's also a solid shooter. He really improved from the three-point line every year in Lawrence. He made 41% of his threes this year. He also showed the ability to make shots not only off the catch, but off the dribble. This is a pretty versatile offensive player. And I like his on-ball defensive ability. He's got a strong lower half. He slides well with choppy, powerful steps. This kid has a chance to be a solid two-way wing. Uh, Now, he needs to improve his playmaking. He averaged fewer than two assists a game this year at Kansas, and he looked to score a lot more than he looks to pass. Obviously, he joins a talented Timberwolves roster with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, so he'll need to move the ball a little bit better. Um, I'd also like to see him use his athleticism to make more plays defensively. He averaged less than a steal or a block per game at Kansas despite his length and athleticism. Uh, But this is a talented player, and this is a ready-made player for a team that took a big step last year in Minnesota. Again, with the 19th pick, Kansas gets one of the more ready-made players in the draft, Ochai Agbaji, the wing from Kansas to the Timberwolves. And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Josh Neighbors, host of Locked On Big 12. Oshai Agbaji, guard, Kansas. Agbaji was the best player on the team that won it all last year, the Kansas Jayhawks, in 2022. I am Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12. Oshai Agbaji was entered originally in the 2021 NBA draft, got some feedback, came back to school, and the results were spectacular. He added some off-the-bounce game, really got a lot better off the dribble, shot 48% from the floor, 41 from three, and over 70% from the line. He was the best player on the best team and also was one of the best players in the best conference in America, the Big 12. He's going to make any team that drafts him better immediately. Number 19, finally off the board, Ochai Agbaji goes to Minnesota. We're going to start with Raphael. We talked about this guy for a while. What's the fit here? Do you feel like it overlaps too much with the current roster in Minnesota? I think they made a wise choice. I mean, Minnesota was a playoff team, and they're one of the few teams that, at least based off of the way the roster is set up now, they have their cornerstones, and now it's just all about finding complementary pieces. And Agbaji, I think, is one of the best complimentary players. I think he could be a complimentary star. And what I mean by complimentary star, guy that just kind of stars in his role and provides a lot of value, whether it's knocking down that's defense, being a transition finisher. So I like it for Minnesota. There is a little bit of redundancy with uh, Malik Beasley, who they just paid, I think, like $60 million a couple years ago. But overall, I-, I like the pick. They got lottery value at number 19. The pick is in at 20. The Hornets, after making that trade with San Antonio, now making the selection at 20. They take Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, locked on Hornets, Walker Mail, and Doug Branson. Talk out the trade and the pick. 
I'm Walker Mail, appearing with Doug Branson of the Lockdown Hornets podcast once again. And we selected Mark Williams with the 13th pick, but we traded back from the 15th pick in exchange with San Antonio. We sent the Spurs the 15th pick and Kelly Oubre in exchange for Jakob Pertl, a starting center, and still keeping the 20th pick, still keeping a first-round selection in this ultimate mock draft. With that pick, we decided to select Jalen Williams, a wing player from Santa Clara. He's an analytics darling. He can do it all, catch and shoot, movement shooter, score in transition. Doug, like Jalen Williams' game a lot, I really can't find a mistake in it. I love his game, too, and I think it's a great pick at 20. I love the trade. You did the pick. I did the trade. I think the trade works out well for the Hornets. You give up Kelly Oubre, who was a great shooting threat for the Hornets last season, but at the same time, you improve the the biggest need for them, which is rim protection. You also improve rebounding, just overall presence down low to pair with that 13th pick, Mark Williams. I think it's a great trade, great pick. Well done. Plus, Jalen Williams, really a riser at the NBA Draft Combine, having a 39-inch max fur, plus a long wingspan over 7'2", really should make a fine addition in this alternate universe here for the Charlotte Hornets. And that concludes the Hornets' decision in the first round of the Locked On NBA Ultimate Mock Draft. And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, former Phoenix Suns general manager Ryan McDonough for their analysis. So we have a trade that we told you about with the 15th pick involving the San Antonio Spurs who traded up with Charlotte to get Nikola Jovic from Serbia. Now let's look at the other side of that deal with the 20th pick in this year's draft. Uh, Now that Charlotte is picking, they take Jalen Williams, a talented perimeter player from Santa Clara. Uh, So again, to recap the deal, San Antonio got the 15th pick. They took Nikola Jovic. They also got Kelly Oubre in the trade. The Hornets get this pick at 20. They take Jalen Williams and Jakob Pertl. And keep in mind, Charlotte has been trying to upgrade their center spot. Uh, There were some rumors about the Hornets potentially being interested in Miles Turner from the Pacers. In season last year, no deal happened. Unfortunately for James Borrego, their former head coach was let go. But now Kenny Atkinson coming in on the sideline will get a starting center in Jakob Pertl, something that's been missing in Charlotte. And this pick at number 20, Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. Now, Jalen Williams is not a household name. This kid's a late bloomer. He wasn't one of the top 300 rated recruits in the high school class of 2019, but he really improved in each of his three years at Santa Clara. And recently, he really impressed NBA evaluators with a standout performance at the Chicago Combine. This kid can dribble, pass, and shoot, which gives him a chance to be a legit rotation player in the NBA. He's got incredible length, too, for a guy who plays in the perimeter. He is a guard. He played a lot of point guard at Santa Clara, but he has a 7-2 wingspan that will allow him to deliver the ball where he wants to get it in the NBA. He also improved nicely as a shooter. He made 40% of his threes and 81% of his free throws this year at Santa Clara. Uh, Now, on on some areas of improvement, he needs to get better with his first step. step. He's not the quickest guy in the world, and if defenders can stay on his hip in the West Coast Conference, teams will be looking at if he's able to turn the corner in the NBA. Also, the competition. Uh, Santa Clara was a solid team in the WCC, uh, but they lost to a lot of the best opponents in Zaga, St. Mary's, and San Francisco. Uh, How will he play as he goes up a couple levels in competition? And then on the defensive end, is he able to stay in front of quicker NBA guards? He doesn't slide laterally that that well yet, Uh, but I like this kid. He's a talented, skilled player. Uh, Charlotte, obviously being aggressive on the trade market. They get Jakob Pertl, help them now, and they get a talented guard in the backcourt to develop in Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. 
And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Spencer McLaughlin, who is our host of Locked on Ducks. Jalen Williams, wing out of Santa Clara University. Spencer McLaughlin here for the Locked on Podcast Network, Santa Clara grad. Jalen Williams has grown quite a bit during his tenure with the Broncos. Has great size, a seven foot two wingspan at six foot six. He's got a soft shooting touch, a sneaky good facilitator with the ball in his hands in a pick and roll situation. Can shoot it from every spot on the court. Has good range, great finishing ability with tremendous athleticism as well and he doesn't just have the tools to be a great defender he has the mindset to be a great defender he's all about that smoke guarding the other team's best player and he projects as someone who can most definitely contribute for an NBA team with his size athleticism and shooting touch Number 20, Charlotte's pick that they traded down from 15 to 20. They get Jalen Williams, the Santa Clara Jalen Williams. Richard, how do you feel about this pick? I know we mentioned him earlier. Do you feel like this is a good fit there for Charlotte? Yeah, he was my best player available heading into the day. He was the best player available. Once Oche Baji also was off the board, he was a very clear-cut best available player. You look at somebody who he can handle the ball. He's very slivery with the ball in his hands. The shooting should be real. There's not really a whole lot he can't do. I think he's the only prospect in this in the country, really, that even shook Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren was a really good defender, obviously, in college, went number two in the draft. And Jalen Williams is the only player who could really shake him with ease. So I love the upside pick here. Breaking news, another trade here on day four as we see the Mavs moving up to get the pick here at 21. They'll get Will Barton and Jeff Green in the deal as the Nuggets move down to 26. They're going to get Tim Hardaway Jr. and also a future second round pick. Now, as for the number 21 selection, Ushman Jang is now headed to Dallas. Our Locked On Mavs hosts, Nick Angstead and Isaac Harris, are going to have all the details for you right now. Nick Angstead and Isaac Harris here from the Locked On Mavericks podcast. And with the 21st pick in the ultimate mock draft, the Dallas Mavericks select Ushman Jang after making a trade We've decided to send Tim Hardaway Jr. and a future second and the 26th pick to the Denver Nuggets. The Mavericks are getting the 21st pick, which is Jang, Will Barton, and Jeff Green to add to the Mavericks' playoff rotation. Hopefully those guys can fill in some gaps that the Mavs had when they lost in the Western Conference Finals. And Jang represents a big swing the Mavs are taking here. Yeah, it's a two-way part of this deal that you shed future money with the trade, but you also move up and you take the swing on Usman Jang. 19-year-old, played for the Breakers last year. I mean, a lot of mock drafts have him going in the lottery now. So for us, it was about value. It's like moving up to 21, you shed the long-term money while also swinging for this 6'10 guy who had a, a great back half of the season. He could come into Dallas, grow into the player he could become. And this is the ultimate swing for the Dallas Mavericks. And the Mavericks may not have many of these swings left. Luka Doncic's deal starts. You have all these guys making a bunch of money. They're going to be in the luxury tax. They don't have the exceptions anymore. And so when are you going to get another chance to swing on a guy like this that could have this much upside that could eventually be a potential all-star next to Luka Doncic? It's a really big swing for the Mavericks, but we think the trade also helps with bringing in Will Barton and Jeff Green to add to the playoff rotation. And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, former Phoenix Suns general manager, Ryan McDonough, for their analysis. So the Dallas Mavericks coming off an appearance in the Western Conference Finals make a trade. The Mavs move up. They get pick number 21, Will Barton and Jeff Green. The trade is with the Denver Nuggets, who got the 26th pick, Tim Hardaway Jr., and a second-round pick. But let's talk about Osaman Jeng, 
Uh, he, he is the 21st pick in the draft. He's a big wing. This kid played for the French junior national team before he headed to New Zealand to play for the New Zealand Breakers. They are the only team from New Zealand in the Australian League, one of the better pro leagues outside of the United States. This kid has an intriguing combination of size, length, and athleticism. He also has a decent-looking stroke, so there's a lot of potential there, a lot of tools to work with. I liked how he used his size and length to see over the top of the defense and get shots off in traffic. He's also a pretty good ball handler for a young wing. He can create his own shot out of isolation situations, and he likes to drive to his right hand. He's pretty good at using his right to get all the way to the basket. Uh, Now, this kid's a project. He's only 19 years old. His shooting will need to develop. He made just 27% of his threes and 67% of his free throws for the breakers. Uh, His shot's a little hard. He needs to soften that up a little bit and work on his touch and finishing around the rim. He also didn't use his length and athleticism that well against pros and men in Australia to get that many steals. He averaged only 0.6 steals per game and 0.3 blocks a game. So we'll see if he can utilize that athleticism a little more to make an impact defensively. Uh, but this is a talented player in the 20s. Uh, it's it's a home run swing, an upside swing. I, I like his chances of hitting that upside. Um, he'll take some time for his shooting and body to be ready. Uh, but this kid is a late lottery talent potentially if he pans out. Again, Oshaman Jeng. The forward played in New Zealand. He's from France. He goes to the Dallas Mavericks with the 21st pick. And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Richard Stamen, who is our host for Locked On NBA Big Board. Usman Jang is one of the more intriguing high upside wings. He's got really good shooting form, great defensive skill, just an absolute stalwart on defense, really good athlete, explosive first step. But he's been a tale of two seasons in the NBL. His first 11 games, four points per game, two rebounds per game on 25% shooting, 15% from three. The next 12 games, so he split it in half pretty much, he averaged 13.3 points per game, and that was on 48% shooting and 35% from three. Teams have to hope that, you know, the cultural learning curve for Usman Jang was just a, you know, that's what caused that slow start and that it wasn't actually skill-based and a warning sign. If that's the case, Teams could be potentially getting a steal in the top 20 for Usman Jang. 21, another name we discussed earlier, Usman Jang, is going to Dallas. We're going to check in with you, Raphael. We discussed this a little bit earlier, obviously the trade here for the Mavs to get in on the action. What is he going to give to that Dallas roster? I like to pick. First of all, Dallas adds another international player, so thankfully DFW is an international airport because imagine if you went to Charlotte or Memphis direct flight home, which he joins um, Boban, Nilakina, Green, <laughs> Bertans, Maxi. I mean, just the whole international flavor here in Dallas. But I like Jang because, again, he's 6'10", can handle the ball. One of the big concerns about the Mavs roster is not having enough ball handlers. And the ball handlers they did have were a little small. So now you get a 6'10 ball handler to go at Luka a guy that could be a secondary playmaker. If the outside shot ends up developing, then Dallas could have a real star there. So great move by the Mavericks to move up. Jang is someone that a lot of people thought was a potential lottery pick to get him at 21. Absolute steal. The pick is in at 22. Wendell Moore heading to Memphis. Locked on Grizzlies host has more on this selection. Hello, Sean Coleman and DeMichael Cole here with the Locked On Grizzlies podcast and with the 22nd pick in the 2022 
Ultimate NBA Mock Draft, the Memphis Grizzlies select Wendell Moore, wing out of Duke University. And the one thing that stands out about Wendell Moore is that he checks many different boxes when it comes to value, even if the scoring may not be consistent. DeMichael, what do you think that Wendell Moore adds to the Grizzlies? This is a hard worker, you know? You, you want hard workers. You want culture fitters. This is a guy who fits the culture of the Memphis Grizzlies. Three years in college, Sean. Each season improved substantially. Freshman year, shot 44% on twos. Then he went up to 48%. Then he shot 54% on twos as a junior. 41% field goal percentage shooter his first two years. Jumped up to 50 overall as a junior. This is a guy who proved every single year to be the top small forward in college basketball. He won the Julius Irvin Award, Sean. 3 and D talents are the type of talents the Grizzlies need to invest in to support their young core. The Memphis Grizzlies are happy to select Wendell Moore. Now we hear from our Odyssey expert for their analysis on the pick. So the Memphis Grizzlies select Duke wing Wendell Moore Jr. with the 22nd pick in the 2022 NBA draft. Wendell Moore Jr. is somebody who is going to play in the NBA for 15 years. He just got the skills that enable you to have a long career. He's got great size at 6'5". Uh, he's got a, a wingspan of 7'1", which translates really well defensively, really helps him out on that end. And then perhaps the most important part of his game and what he did for Duke so often, big-time shot maker, 41% shooter from three. And look, that's what NBA teams want. NBA teams covet shooting. It's why Desmond Bain is a first-round pick despite not really bringing the physical tool piece of it. So, yeah, look, I, I think it's a good pick for the Memphis Grizzlies. You can never have enough shooting, and they do need more shooting. The only question I would have is could you have gotten him a little bit later? Could you have packaged something up, traded down to get him? But he's going to be in the league for a long time, probably going to be a start in the league for a long time. That's a good pick at 22. And now we'll send it over to our college expert, J.J. Jackson, host of Locked on Blue Devils. Wendell Moore Jr., forward Duke. Wendell Moore Jr. had the biggest jump of any Duke player on this year's Final Four team. I'm J.J. Jackson, the host of Locked On Blue Devils. Moore became a much more efficient player for the Blue Devils last season as he shot it at a 50% clip from the field, an 8% increase from the season before, and 41% from beyond the arc. That's an 11% improvement from his sophomore season. This kind of efficiency and improvement show NBA teams they should be able to get the most out of him at the next level. Wendell Moore Jr., Duke University. Number 22, the Grizzlies make their selection. They take Wendell Moore. Richard, what can he add to this team that made a serious playoff run last year? Yeah, you look at Wendell Moore is somebody who fits every single team in the league. He played with an entirely stacked NBA roster at Duke. Really long, huge hands, seven-foot wingspan, 6'5". So massive frame, can shoot the lights out, really grew as a junior, as a shooter, and he's young. Even though he's a junior, he's not going to turn 21 until training camp. So you look at a decent upside play with good floor, somebody who can do a little bit of everything on both ends, some passing, some shooting, some defending. And that is something that fits what this Memphis team is doing. And when you're Memphis, you need as much cheap additions to this team, and they got one here in Wendell Moore. The pick is in at 23. The 76ers making their first pick of this mock draft. They take Blake Wesley, locked on 76ers hosts. Now have more on this fit here in Philly. 
Welcome to Locked On 76ers, Devon Givens and Keith Pompey here from Locked On 76ers, as mentioned, the podcast. And with the number 23 pick in the ultimate mock draft, the Philadelphia 76ers select guard Blake Wesley, Notre Dame for the Philadelphia 76ers. Really good player, a young player, 6'4", combo guard, wing skills a little bit as well. He can do a lot of good things as a young player. The question is, as we make this selection with the players available to the 76ers, Keith, at this point, uh, does that fit the profile as a wing player, even though he is 6'4", guard, obviously, but can play both guard positions and needing to improve a little bit with so much as a young player? Yeah, yeah, he does. And, and, and the reason why I'm saying that is because when you look at the 76ers, they need a scorer off the bench. And when Maxie is out of the game, James Harden is out of the game, he can come in and develop to be that guy who come in and get them buckets. Like, I look at him, and this might people might think I'm crazy for saying this as a 23rd overall pick, but I can see him coming in and having like a Tyler Hero role down the road with that. A guy who would come in and get buckets and initiate the offense for the 76ers. I think he's a steal. Again, 19 years of age, he turned 19 in March, so he's a young player, 6'4", 6'5", body frame, needs to build up, but that's what the NBA uh, program is all about, getting your body right, honing your skills, player development. We hope it works out. Blake Wesley, the selection right here on Locked On 76ers. And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, Joe Giglio from 94 WIP in Philadelphia for his analysis. If the Sixers can land Blake Wesley out of Notre Dame with the number 23 pick, I think it'd be a coup for Daryl Morey and the Sixers front office. And it would remind me a little bit of the selection of Tyrese Maxey a couple of years ago out of Kentucky. Now, look, I don't think Wesley's going to be as good of a player as Maxey has become. But in the same vein of a guy that has some upside as he comes to the NBA at the guard position. And here's what I like about Wesley. He's going to become the first one-and-done player at Notre Dame ever. Uh, so, And it's coming with the blessing of Mike Bray. So obviously he thinks this kid can make the jump to the NBA right now. He's not a polished player. The shot still needs work, but he can get to the basket. He can excel in the pick and roll. And really, if the Sixers are going to commit at least one more year to James Harden, they really could use someone off the bench to back up James Harden to fill that role when Harden goes to the bench. And as the years go on, maybe more time for Harden on the bench, maybe less minutes for an older James Harden that's had some injury issues. I love Wesley's ability in the pick and roll to get to the basket, to play rim runner with big men. I think he could do that right away in the NBA. And on defense, I think he's actually underrated. I mean, the more I I watched of him and watched of him uh, at Notre Dame and watched the highlights of him now is getting ready for this NBA draft. Wesley's a guy that can play that free safety spot and, and really create some havoc on the defensive side, create some transition points. I, I would really be fascinated to see a backcourt next year at times of Blake Wesley if the Sixers do take him at number 23 and Tyrese Maxey together. The Sixers have drafted a lot of different guards over the years looking for shooters, the Cork Mazes of the world, the Shake Miltons, and none of them have really panned out. I like the idea of Blake Wesley at number 23 in this NBA draft. I think he would fit in well with the Sixers. Is he a perfect timeline fit? I don't know. I mean, who they might end up trading this pick, but if the Sixers stay at 23, if Blake West is on the board for Notre Dame, I believe it would be a great pick. If they take the first one-and-done player at Notre Dame, a guy that could play some defense with the center field position, that kind of free safety spot, and excel at the pick and roll. He can get to the basket, create his own shot. This kid's got upside. I like the pick at number 23. And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Candace Cooper, host of Locked On ACC. 
What's up, everybody? Candace Cooper here from Locked On ACC. And I'm here to talk about Blake Wesley out of Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish man is going to be an immediate impact when he heads to the NBA. He is seriously one of those guys who's still learning how to shoot 30 percent from the three-point line about 40 percent from the field i think that ultimately if he gets a good shot going he is able to make some crazy shots when needed but if he adds a good little bit of consistency to his game he certainly will make an immediate impact wherever he goes i think also his defense is very sound he's young and he's full of energy and potential and that's something we all know that nba teams love to see Number 23, the 76ers make their selection. They take Blake Wesley. Raphael, how do you feel about this? Obviously, Philadelphia needs a lot of fixing there right now. So is is Blake Wesley going to be able to come in and play right away? Man, I like Blake Wesley a lot. I just don't know about this fit. And I actually had a chance to sit down with Blake and talk to him this summer. And his player comparison for himself was Tyrese Maxey, who is a Philadelphia 76er. I think that... Philly has now multiple young guards. I mean, they drafted Jaden Springer last year who couldn't get a lot of time. Uh, Maxie is expected to be a, a max player. But Wesley could be insurance for James Harden. A lot of people think that he is on the decline, but he still averaged like 22 and 9 assists. And then most years, if a guy averages 22 and 9 assists, people are, are high on him. But for whatever reasons, people aren't, uh, you know, people just aren't high on Harden right now. But Wesley could be a... Insurance policy is someone that could develop, but right away, he doesn't really provide the outside shooting that Philadelphia needs to loosen up the floor. I personally, for the short term, I would have went with maybe someone like Christian Brown. I'm not the biggest Brown guy, but he does have a specific role as a complimentary guy that can come down and knock down shots behind or play next to Harden and Embiid. And then with Danny Green being out, I think they really need some outside shooting. So. Brown probably would have been the best fit short term. The pick is in at number 24. Ty Ty Washington Jr. going to be headed to Milwaukee. Our locked on Bucks host, Kane Pittman, has more on this selection and the fit Ty Ty has on this roster. What's up, everyone? Kane Pittman here from Locked on Bucks. And with pick 24 in the ultimate mock draft, the Milwaukee Bucks select. Ty Ty Washington Jr. out of Kentucky, a 6'3 guard. And when we talk about what the Bucks need on their roster moving forward, we know they don't have a lot of flexibility, uh, particularly with the, the salary cap and guys they're going to be able to bring in. But they need contributors, certainly at the wing position, but they also need to find contributors at the guard spot. We saw in the postseason last year that George Hill was expected to play a major role. Uh, he's probably a little bit beyond that at this point. Javon Carter was a guy that was on the fringe. So they do need to find a contributor at the guard spot. And I think Ty Ty Washington Jr. Uh, is potentially a guy who could come in and have an impact straight away. He shoots the ball pretty well from three, 35% last year in college. But the thing that I really like about him is he can create a little bit off the dribble. And that was something that the Bucks absolutely lacked. Once Chris Middleton went down in the postseason, there was no creativity outside of what Giannis could do and Drew Holiday a little bit. So Ty Ty Washington Jr. can create in the pick and roll. He can get to the mid-range. He's got a decent floater game. Uh, so he can just score uh, in a more versatile way than most of the guys on the Bucks roster right now. So can a rookie come in and contribute straight away? I'm not so sure, but I think Ty Ty Washington Jr. at pick 24, if he was still on the board, uh, would be a decent pick for the Bucks, So that's who we're going with. 
And now let's hear from our Odyssey expert, Steve Pfeiffer from 1250 The Fan in Milwaukee for his analysis. Hey, it's Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer from the Wendy's Big Show on 1250 AM The Fan in Milwaukee. Co-host with Gary Ellerson and Leroy Butler, the two former Packer weekdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central. The Bucks pick Ty Ty Washington for Milwaukee. Uh, and obviously, as Bucks fans, uh, we've been watching uh, Drew Holiday do his thing for the last couple of years with the Bucks, uh, which has been absolutely outstanding. The problem has kind of been that backup point guard situation and really not having that guy you can rely on. This past year, the Bucks bring back George Hill. Uh, and he clearly wasn't the same George Hill as he was a couple of years ago. So getting a tight tie Washington makes a lot of sense. Now, Washington played uh, at shooting guard uh, for Kentucky and also played the one as well. So kind of played both positions in the backcourt. This is a six foot three, about 200 pound freshman uh, from Kentucky that's coming in. So obviously with the NBA draft, always talking about upside uh, and how good this player can be. I think he can be a future starting point guard uh, in the NBA for sure. He has uh, the ability to to attack the rim. He's got a good mid-range shot, a nice floater. Not the most consistent outside three-point shooter necessarily, but he can score the basketball. And the other thing I love uh, about Washington is the fact that he's patient. He really is patient as far as setting up other players to make plays. He's got good vision as far as passing the basketball. Uh, Defensively on the other side, Gets a bunch of steals when he's out there on the floor. Rebounds the ball exceptionally well, especially for a guy that's his size. You know, 6'3", 6'4", to be able to rebound the ball as uh, well as he does uh, is really a pretty cool thing. So if he's able to get to the Milwaukee Bucks, I think that's who they end up taking. Ty Ty Washington, uh, the freshman point guard from the University of Kentucky, uh, and maybe the future point guard to play with Giannis going forward. And now we'll send it over to our college expert, Lance Daw, host of Locked On Kentucky. Ty Ty Washington, guard, Kentucky. Washington was an excellent off-ball guard for the Wildcats last season, but a mid-season injury derailed what could have been a very efficient season for the former five-star prospect. Hi, I'm Lance Daw, host of Locked On Kentucky. Washington's shooting numbers were particularly impressive before his game against Auburn. Ty Ty was shooting over 50% from the floor and over 40% from three, but... After an injury against the Tigers, things just were never the same. I really hope the scouts in this year's draft don't put too much stock into Ty Ty's injury, and they focus more on what he was doing before he got hurt. He was a very efficient off-ball player for the Wildcats last season, and if he's taken too low in this first round, I think he might end up being a steal. Close things out for day four with the number 24 pick. Ty Ty Washington Jr. is headed to Milwaukee. Richard, how do you feel this addition will help out the stacked Milwaukee team? Yeah, you know, Kentucky guards are always those big mystery boxes. You never know what you're actually getting with them. And Ty Ty Washington almost continues that trend. I think he has the lateral quickness and mobility to stay with guys on drives defensively, but he can get burned by quick first steps and uh, you know, just this, the frame needs to develop a little bit more. Settles for some layups, or excuse me, floaters instead of going for layups against traffic. Very scared of contact. Good shooter, great in the pick and roll. And I think the most telling thing about Ty Ty Washington adding to that mystery element is you look at, he had an injury against Auburn about 18 or 19 games into the season. And before then, he was shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three. I was 14 points a game, four and a half assists. On the 12 games after, granted the schedule did get harder, 
He went down from 14 points a game to 11 points per game, down from four and a half assists per game to three assists per game. And the field goal percentage went from 50.5% to 36% and 40% from three to 29% from three. So hard to tell what you're getting with Ty Ty. Day four of our ultimate draft coverage wrapping up. We finally saw Agbaji go off the board. Richard, how do you feel about this selection of him landing in Minnesota? Yeah, it's a little bit redundant to Malik Beasley. I know I was praising all the last few days for him to get taken, but you know, you can never have too much shooting. That's what this NBA currently is. And Minnesota gets more shooting help next to Anthony Edwards, next to Carl Anthony Towns. Gives them more options to be great playmakers. No Chey Baji is going to fit like a glove, regardless of Malik Beasley's status there. Rafael, we saw some trades. The Hornets traded down. The Mavs traded in. Uh, what was your biggest uh, trade win from the selections on day four? Oh, can I label it a tie? I, I thought Jalen <laughs> Williams would have been a, a good fit for Charlotte at either at, at number 15. And they got, again, I've probably said this three times now, and I don't know how many guys I've labeled as lottery picks, but I think they got lottery potential lottery production at number 15 and then i just love what what dallas did with, with jang i think he is probably one of the highest upside guys in this draft i think if he would have got off to a stronger start to begin the season in australia he would have been a lot to go to the lottery but i i really like what both teams have done richard do you have a, a pick between the two do you like them both I liked all of the first three picks, but let me just kind of talk about the Dallas pick a little bit of why it was so good. You know, Usman Jang had a terrible start to the season. His first 11 games, he averaged four points a game, two rebounds on 25% shooting. And if you really want to make it sound worse, 15% from three, and he only took four free throws. After that, the next 12 games, so pretty much 50-50 here, he was averaging 13 points a game, 48% shooting. 35% from three, and he got 23 free throw attempts. So a true tale of two halves in the NBL. Hopefully the Mavs are getting, you know, the, the second half and not the first half. But at 21, that's such a reasonable risk. At that point, it's great value no matter what happens. And I wanted to piggyback on what Richard is saying to put it into context why he struggled. You're talking about a kid that's 18 years old that moved to Australia when Australia had super strict COVID restrictions. And he was there by himself, no family, no friends, having to adjust to not only a different country, but a different continent, a different language. And I think that played a major, major role in his struggles. And once he got adjusted, we saw what he is capable of. So that's why I'm very, very high on this Mavs pick. Raphael, we talked about Ty Ty possibly going. He ends up with Milwaukee. How do you feel like that fit is for him? Will he be able to play some meaningful minutes off the bench? I think this is probably the best, best case scenario for Ty Ty Washington. The big concern on him is that he doesn't have the blow by speed to really get into the lane. And it's not much of a finisher at the rim, but he doesn't have to be in Milwaukee. All he has to do is play off Giannis. And one of Ty Ty's greatest strengths is his ability to shoot the ball. So he can play this role as a complimentary secondary ball handler that just knocks down open shots. And so for him, I think he looks much better in a team like Milwaukee as opposed to going to a team where they expect him to be their 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 floor general or or guy that is the engine for their offense. So I I think it's a win for not only the Bucks but for Ty Ty Washington. 
several trades as we wind up our day four coverage of mock draft. We look forward to our final day five, potentially more trade moves as well as we continue our coverage on day five of the mock draft.